0: The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. There's
1: 736 miles to Ohio. We've got a full tank of gas, half pack of cigarettes, it's dark out, and we're wearing sunglasses.
2: Hit it. <laughs> Welcome to A Wicked Mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland Massachusetts. And now here are your hosts. Paranormal author, researcher and speaker, Ronnie Leblanc, and the host of The Curse of Oak Island Drilling Down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake.
1: Tin soldiers and Bigfoot's coming. We're finally on our own. <laughs> Too drunk in Ohio. <laughs> That's right. We're heading to Ohio. Uh, greetings, monsters. It's Matty and Ronald. What's up? And producer Dave behind the mic.
0: At your service, monsters. Hello.
1: Pressing all the buttons, as my old producers say, pressing the buttons. Wow. Okay. Have you started packing yet? I have not started packing yet, but mentally I have. A yeah, uh, pre-production. Pack list, if you will.
3: That's what I'm kind of doing now, like in my head. All right, I need that. Can I bring this?
1: So uh, a lot to get to in the show. Short time to do this again, because we're hitting the road tomorrow. Um, And so we want to do this quick episode to kind of tease what we're doing, because it's a big deal. Uh, We also have a new segment. New segment, who it is? We'll do Ronnie Controversial Posts. We'll do Monster Mail. We're going to get into the Patterson-Gimlin film, because... We have this incredible trip coming up, and we're going to tell you about it in a new segment that we have called The Ronnie Report. Thank you. Next time we'll have imaging for it, but I just came up with it on the car right here. Uh, So this is when we're going to just catch up, and uh, Ronnie's going to hit us with anything new that we need to talk about, and in this case, we're going to lead with what the whole episode, this entire episode, is really about this trip we have coming up. Ronnie, where are we going? And we have some breaking news about
3: it. Yes. So we're going to Creature Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. 2019, Salt uh, Salt Fork State Park in Cambridge, Ohio. By the by,
1: you talk about great rock riffs, although I don't know if that's really a riff, he's more picking, but that opening to that song is as strong as it gets. Unmistakable. Oh, so good. Turn this up a little bit for a second. Two
2: drums.
1: Uh, I knew a guy apropos of nothing, who went to Kent State and was there the day of the shooting. He, he really worked, he worked at my college. He was in like admissions in my college. Oh wow! Yeah, he was like VP of admissions. I mean, he's like I was at Kent State. He had a picture of it on his desk. Like,
0: when someone tells that's you, you they you. go to Kent State, don't you don't you always want to go? First thing, too bad. That's the first thing <laughs> you think of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it is, know, beautiful yeah. school too. Right, from
1: yeah, all right. reports. Um, so the Ronnie report, Ronnie, uh, we're going to this thing in Ohio. It's yep. a massive Bigfoot conference, but it gets even better.
3: Yeah, so this is at uh, Salt Fork Lodge and Conference Center this Friday and Saturday, which is what, the 18th and 19th? I believe so.
1: Today's the 15th as we record this.
3: Yeah. Uh, So it starts, doors open at 5.30, and what's really super cool about this is uh, Friday's, uh, the the guest of honor, I guess, Bob Gimlin, is celebrating the Paris and Gimlin film, which the anniversary is the 20th of October, 1967, which is this Sunday, But Friday is Bob's birthday, so we're going to go hang out. We're going to have the the podcast set up, talking to different people. already have a bunch of different cool interviews lined up with the man himself as well, Bob Gimlin.
1: We're going to actually get to interview the man
3: who shot the most iconic footage of Bigfoot ever taken. Ever. And he's turning 88 on Friday.
1: So his birthday.
3: And Russ. Russ, yeah, who's, who's, uh, who's a researcher, a Bigfoot researcher that's been doing this since the 70s. And uh, he helps uh, manage Bob, and they do a lot of work together, but he also handles a lot of his business affairs. And uh, so he's going to be on the show with us as well. He's, he's a lot of fun. He has our sense of humor, but he's also a, a big-time Bigfoot researcher, has all the gadgets, the gear that you could ever imagine he has at his disposal.
1: So Russ, uh, thanks to his generosity um, and his recognition of something, as powerful and great as Monsterland Podcast, has been kind of um, working with Bob for some time, but he's been in anticipation of this anniversary and the conference, fair to say, kind of holding Bob back a little bit because he didn't want him going everywhere. But who gets to sit down with him and do an exclusive interview? You and me. How cool is that? The Monsterland Podcast. We will be on the weekend of his birthday and the anniversary of the Patterson-Gimlin film. So, the Patterson-Gimlin film. So, thank you to Russ. Thank you to Bob. Uh, Ronnie and I are driving. It's about eleven hours and change.
3: We're, to taking, get to where we're, going. we're taking Sheila, the suburban. Oh, really? My suburban. Yeah. We're gonna be we'll be traveling in style. We got D V D, we can watch movies, you know, we can have a bunch of stuff. We can have it, play some road movies. Little blues brothers. Shooting some stuff along the way. Yeah. Little videos for the uh, the monsters on social that we can post of our shenanigans.
1: This is gonna be fantastic. I just finished um, Steve Gorman's book hard to handle
3: who the hell is Steve Gorman? Steve
1: Gorman was the drummer of the black crows oh. and he wrote a book called hard to handle you know I think it's called like the life and death of the black crows or something to that gotcha. effect. incredible read even if you're not a fan super fan of the black crows like I am um, just an incredible tale of self-destruction and uh, it's just an amazing rock and roll memoir it's a memoir it's his cool. memory of how everything went down um, between the Chris and Rich Robinson but my point is like it's been on my brain like touring the touring life yeah and I, I missed that. And Yoko said to me, Well, you know what? You're doing it. You're hitting the road with your band.
3: Really are. Aren't
1: You're we? a two man band. <clears throat> Monsterland's yeah. our, our album, right? Very true. It's our recording. It's our baby. It's our yep. songs. And we're taking them on the road. And we're gonna play a gig. Playing some hits. Yeah. So pretty cool. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. Um so yeah, that and we'll we'll be posting videos and and, and uh Doing micro recordings along the way and sending them to producer Dave. And we, we just might release them by day, even if it's a five minute episode, right? Yeah, sure. We, we, it won't have the normal spit and polish with all the production, but we'll just keep you informed as we're on the road of any. We're also going to try and we're making a little map, obviously, of between here and where we
3: need to go. Any sort of paranormal things we could hit. Yeah, some sort hot a- spots, some different places that we can hopefully find some. Here we go. Just came.
2: To get
3: on again. Is that you, Ronnie? Oh, God! Sorry!
1: Let me just ash this out over here. We'll be like Paranormal Pickers. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. Might be pitching that. We'll have like a, a sassy gal with tattoos call us. All right, guys. You ready for this one? <laughs> There's a divot box on your way.
2: <laughs> See if some, some guy game. has the ghost
1: in <laughs> <and>
3: this doll. <laughs> oh, my God. We will stop and... I doubt we could be as entertaining as those two. Well, here's the thing. We are conveniently driving that it's going to be like nighttime, right? We got a, a good haul ahead of us from 11 from hours and
1: some change, yeah. Yeah,
3: so we have it strategically placed that we can Cocaine. pull over. What? what? No. Oh. No. That we can Adderall. pull. Adderall. No. no. oh, I'm talking about pulling over and looking at the stars. Once a while.
1: <laughs> yes, pulling over and looking at the stars. That's what I meant, too. <laughs> Is that
3: what they're calling it now, the kids? If Stars is a uh, drug dealer, <laughs> what? Oh my! Oh, Imagine man. me on cocaine. No,
2: I cannot. Oh, no way. No, thank you. I have enough energy. Medicine I just polished off another Mountain Dew.
1: I don't need. I shouldn't even. It should be a, a law that I shouldn't be allowed to drink coffee. Never
3: mind cocaine. Hey, you better you better bring uh, some good boots for this weekend because we might oh. end up going out. The game plan is to go out hopefully with Russ. Boots are made for walking. Yeah, man. Oh, we should do karaoke on the road too. Where,
1: <laughs> wherever, just fine. and I'll do. I'll ironically I'll sing. These boots are made for okay. walking by Nancy Sinatra. <laughs>
3: We have to actually plan that. That would be kind of funny <laughs> yeah, to, to stop and sing yes, karaoke.
1: Be. I love karaoke. Oh. Someone once said to me last night when I moved to LA, There we go. This is me on stage drunk. Oh, sweet Jesus.
3: You keep saying <laughs> you've got Dude, please.
1: Maddie, get off the stage. <laughs> you call love, that's my daughter. Stop looking at day. my daughter. <laughs> she was hot. Huh? She was cute, yeah. yeah. My mother loved this song. She loved this song.
3: She would prance
1: around the house when we played this.
3: That explains a lot.
1: Yeah. Female empowerment. My mom was big into women sticking it to the man. Oh, yeah. Look at that dance. You can join us, by the way, on Adoree, the Adori app, and I'm sure they've linked to the song already. The fine right, people of Adori. Yeah. By fine people of Adoree, I mean David. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... The trip is on, we're hitting the road, <laughs> all kinds of hijinks are going to, you, you, you guys, if you're listening at this point, you know how it rolls when him and I go on, when Ronnie and I do something together out of this studio. This is going to be nuts. It man. gets
3: ridiculous. It's going to be But
1: nuts. it's also, you know, we kid a lot, we joke a lot, but, you know, we take the subject seriously, as we always say, not ourselves seriously. Right. And it will be, uh, I, you know, Ronnie and I are very excited to metaphorically get our hands on Bob Gimlin, you know, and right. really ask him Everything we've always wanted to ask him. This is a rock star in this world, and um, we're we're not going to blow that opportunity. We're going to no. we're going to really have a great interview with him. I know it. Yeah,
3: he's he's super down to earth. He's a great guy, so it's going to be fun.
1: Right. Um. So we're going to drill
3: down on the Patterson Gimlin film.
1: You can watch <laughs> drilling down on Tuesday nights <laughs> on History Oh yeah, tonight. As we record this, yes, my second special, uh, top twenty-five theories. And then there's two more to go, maybe three, uh, three. Uh, and then the season then November premiere. 5th. Yeah, and then my one-hour special before the season premiere. So uh, awesome. let's continue. Anything else on the Ronnie report, or is that the big ticket item?
3: That's the big one. All right. But, well, there was one oh. little, little thing that came out that Tom DeLonge, there was rumored that Tom DeLonge was stepping down. And he I quickly came out and he said, replied, "Listen, no, 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 this is my baby. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm the CEO of this thing."
1: Yes. Yeah, so rumors are circulating on because they had they hired. So Tom DeLong, you guys know who he is. Um, Blink 182, former blah blah blah. At this point, if you don't know who he is, look it up. If you're a new listener to the podcast, um, all y'all know who he is. Um, he, there were some rumors that his to the stars academy he might be stepping down because they were hiring some new people. And yeah, there is. I'm not quitting to the Stars Academy. <laughs> I will never leave this gig because I work for the CIA.
2: <laughs>
1: uh,
0: here's what he wrote.
1: Tom DeLonge said, I saw some questions about me transitioning out of running TTSA to the Stars Academy. Absolutely not. This is my baby. And we have years of plans that are just now starting. Smiley face. People are funny. We will bring on more leadership, talent, and structural changes as we grow like all companies do. So he said, just because you see, and end quote, just because you see changes doesn't mean that uh, anyone's stepping down. We're just growing like a normal company. So there you go. The Ronnie Rapport. Good job, Ronald. Hey, um, Let's talk about the Patterson-Gimlin film. Because that's what we're going to celebrate. That's why we're driving yeah. 11 somewhat hours. Talk to the man himself. Um, why don't we dig down into what is the iconic footage of Bigfoot to this day? Um, the Patterson Gimlin film, Ronnie. Just before we get into the specifics, um, what are your general thoughts on the Patterson Gimlin film?
3: Uh, authentic evidence of Sasquatch. You're in. Absolutely, just just the the quality of the film, the scrutiny it's withstood over all these years since 1967, and just you listen to Bob and and guests will will have that opportunity. There's something to it, and uh, I just think it's one of those pieces of evidence that it's very hard to kind of get that, but someone will get that again. Something like this. That will be more now, definitive, yeah,
1: with all the cameras and stuff. Now, do you do you remember when you first became aware of the film?
3: Probably uh, in search of with Leonard Nimoy. That's, that's my as my guest growing up. Yep, that's exactly when I first saw it. Book covers, I'm sure, too. Just seeing yep. both, you know, different that things. image.
1: Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, um, the footage was shot in 1967, obviously, in Northern California, and uh, since basically the day it came out. People have been trying to either authenticate it or to debunk it. Uh, It was, correct me if I'm wrong, Ronnie, it was Bluff Creek. Is that right? Right. Um, Off these logging roads in in California um, near Oregon, where I think they were both from there, uh, from Oregon. And, well, let's hear from the man himself. Speaking of listening to Bob Gimlin, Let's listen to him the time that our friends at Finding Bigfoot went with Bob to the site, or as near as they could get, uh, the site of where he took the film, and we'll let him describe. That is not him. How far away
0: (laughs) was she when you first saw
2: her? Just across the creek. About like from here across the creek.
0: Hold on, pause
1: it. Anytime you have a guy who says crick, he's the real deal. You know he's legit. That's how you know. If he's a he farmer, kn- a rancher, a cowboy. He knows the difference between a crick and yes, a creek. that's exactly you know, right. That's a crick. So let's do a little test here, right? Yeah. Say you're trying to find a place to board your horses for the night. Right. <laughs> okay. ask, me, ask me if you can board your horses. Ready? Right.
3: Can, uh, can I board my horses here? Sure, yeah. You can put them over there down by the creek. Now try it again. Uh, can I put my horses?
1: Yeah, on? you want to put them down there by the crick?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who are you gonna
1: go with? <laughs>
2: Thank you. Go ahead,
0: David. The first one was clearly an imposter. Yeah, right. Posing. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's when I first saw her. She was standing upright. And I thought, you know, this is this is unreal. <laughs> the way it was moving, the massive muscle. Roger had the camera up to his eyes, and he stumbled and fell. Where yep. you can see the, the shakiness part. Wow, We're watching I rode show. across the creek, <laughs> got off the horse, and took my rifle out of the scabbard <laughs> in case I had to make a shot over the creek. Now, I want you. She to... made that turn to look.
1: Oof. Look at that. Look at the muscles oh, in the yeah. leg. The cone Kept head. Keep running on walking. Huge arms.
2: She went on up out of sight up that canyon.
3: Now, he keeps on referring All to her as that Holy mackerel, these things do on. exist. So, uh, the, the, the
1: footage when you pause it at that iconic, when she turns to look back at a certain frame of the film, um, that is what we now see forevermore as kind of the definitive image of Bigfoot. The swinging arms looking to us. uh, We're looking at a sticker right now that we have on our computer of that image, uh, an outline of that image. It's the iconic Bigfoot image. Uh, In that picture, that freeze frame, um, you see a lot of musculature, and then you see the breasts, what they believe to be breasts. Therefore, they call it a she, uh, Patty.
3: And you hear him refer to yeah. Patty as such. So so think of trying to fake just the costume itself. You know, they, here's the thing. They went out. He was looking to film Bigfoot. Again, intent, looking to have some kind of experience. Right? They did want to, you know, he rented this camera for I forget how many weeks. And he had to bring it back and all the stuff. and Right. Uh, but... To fake the costume and then also the fake the breasts as well is
1: well pretty, you know let's 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 drill into that because uh, Dr. Jeff Midlick is one of the uh, scientists oh who, Meldrum who Meldrick sorry, yeah. what did I say
3: Midrick Meldrum
1: Meldrum well Ronnie let's uh, talk about that because you mentioned it being hard to fake um, Dr. Jeff Meldrum is one of the few kind of you know academics who has studied this for a long time. And if you yeah. follow this at all, you'll know his face when you see it. He's and, very and famous. And his voice. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's on, anytime there's anything about Bigfoot on TV, they go to him usually. Yeah. Um, and, and particularly this footage, the Patterson-Gimlin film footage, they go to this guy. And he talks about this very thing that you bring up, Ronnie. He makes the comparison to the technology at the time. Like where we were in America with our ability to be able to make, say, a costume. Okay, you want, to, mm-hmm. you want to be a doubter and say it's a costume. Okay, fine. So why don't we then look at the technology of the time and see if that's possible? And he actually compares it to a very iconic American piece of cinema. Talk about monster media. And he makes his case that it couldn't have been faked or he doesn't think it was faked. Hit
0: it, David. Ape Ape suit. It's all so easy to say, oh, that's obviously a man in a fursuit, until you see it up against a man in a suit. He points to the Planet of the Apes franchise that came out around the same time as the film and won an Oscar for the makeup. He specifically calls up a scene in the sauna in the 1970 sequel... Did Beneath we get a new Planet voiceover guy? Who narrated <laughs> this?
1: They look like big Harry Pillsbury Doughboy.
0: Jeff Meldrum compares it to the Patterson-Gimlin film, which he shows to his anatomy students. I'm also including some stabilized footage from a Reddit user that helps illustrate Jeff's point. And say, all right, I want you to point out as many landmarks of surface anatomy and muscle masses that you can identify. And they start at the head, and they can see the trapezius, they can
1: see the deltoid, they can see the lateral and long heads of the triceps. You can
0: see the erector spinae down the back. You can see the shoulder blades moving under the skin. I mean, you just go on and on from top to bottom. You, you can pick out all these features, none of which ever show up in a in a in a cheap off-the-shelf costume. Costume manufacturer Philip Morris claimed just that in this video. He gave talks about how he sold Patterson the suit worn in the film.
1: Well, walking? He turns his way. Okay, so there you have. Uh... You know, an academic basically saying, "Look, we, you know, Academy Award-winning costume design at the time in Hollywood right. couldn't come close to what we see, and he saw it looked it, like shit." Right. So it's like, <clears throat> did did Patterson and Gimlin have access to better than Hollywood prosthetics and robotics and? freaking, right. you know, and musculature under it. Did they? Maybe, but it seems highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. It's almost more, it's it, It's less of a leap to say that they saw something that we can't explain in the woods than it is to say that they were able to outdo Hollywood, these two, you know, ranchers and cowboys, if you will. Right. And, uh, you know, what's his name, our friend from Finding Bigfoot? Um, Boba? No. Cliff? Cliff. Cliff Brackman. Yeah. Cliff makes a great point. He says, the real smoking gun... Is, yes, the video, but the specific details of the footprint.
3: The mid-tarsal break. The
1: mid-tarsal break and the fact that we are just kind of putting that all together over the subsequent years.
3: Right. So they would have
1: had to know about that, too, because the cast they took, if it was a guy, so they would have had to, put it this way, they would have had to fake beyond our capability at the time, beyond Hollywood's capability at the time, they would have to fake a costume. They would have also had to have known that the guy in that costume has to wear the scientifically correct foot prosthetic. Right. To make make that work. I can never say that phrase. Metatarsal
3: break. Metatarsal break. Metatarsal break. They
1: would have had to known that and fake that too. these two guys. So it really seems... As a Ben lot. Affleck said, yes, yeah, suspect.
3: And and to be, you know, again, they would have to be obviously orchestrating this whole thing to pull this thing off, as opposed to somebody just in a suit out in the middle of nowhere, hoping someone shows up. You know? Right. So.
1: Now, there were some detractors like this guy that he mentions, yeah. uh, Ronnie. What do we you know this guy who says he sold Bob, Pat, uh, he sold, um, he didn't say
3: Bob Gimlin. But he did say Roger he Patterson. sold Roger Patterson weeks or you know, a month or so a before costume. a costume. And then he called back and, and purchased he purchased a gorilla costume and called back and purchased more hair and how to make the thing, the suit bigger, it told him to stuff it, you know, these different things. And then he said, you know, a month or so later here, this film explodes and goes worldwide. So he's saying, uh, you know, this is Philip Morris saying that, um, you know, It's like a magician. You don't reveal the secrets of your trade or the trick. So he kept his mouth shut. And so it comes out years later. But we can talk to... Yeah. I can't wait to hear Bob's... Bob's take on this Philip Morris Morris character. All this stuff. Yeah.
1: Suspect. Thank you. Highly. It is odd. I mean, when you have guys that age contradicting themselves, or contradicting each other, rather. Yeah. It's very interesting. But this guy says he sold them the... The the
3: suit and Bob's story has not changed. No, in no, all this time. So,
1: and even if he did sell them the suit, uh, a suit, I don't know that it explains everything that we just talked about. You know, everything that we just detailed, everything that Doctor Meldrum talks about about the mus- Did this? Did this? P- did this? I, I almost call them PT Barnum, which <laughs> might actually be accurate in a right. lot of ways. But this Philip Morris, did he have? special scientific knowledge and and ability to do something that even Hollywood couldn't do. uh, Yeah. I don't know, man. It's highly doubtful. So I really can't wait to get into that with Bob either. Now there was another guy who came to the surface and David, I think this might be the middle clip. Um, Bob Hieronymus. Yeah. This guy, he passed, (laughs) he actually passed a lie detector on some show in 2005. uh, Let me ask you this. Yeah.
3: Being in TV. Right. Do you really think that he passed a lie detector test or is this all BS? Well, I mean, Do you know what I mean, like uh, they don't even have the budget to pay for whatever. They're not going to pay for a lie detector test. They're going to say, "Yeah, yeah, right. I checked him out and he seems okay." I will say this, I will say that that the
1: entire when you watch this clip on the video, it just looks completely sensational and ridiculous. Like they've got the sky all wired up. <laughs> so this guy says that yes, it was a suit that was sold to them. Not only that, i was the guy in the suit
0: a guy even passed a lie detector test on national tv <laughs> claiming he wore the suit about
3: whether you were the bigfoot shown in the 1967 patterson film yes
0: but the film continues to
1: fascinate <laughs> <Yes>.
0: people <laughs> how confident are you so, this film's real?
1: there are some detractors there are people who say it's a hoax um and we don't know anything more about that guy? Do we, that, I don't even know how to say his name, Harold no, or something. And
3: you know, who's a big expert on this is Russ. So we'll, we'll talk to him as well about, about some of the history and the, in some of these different characters that have emerged over the years and where they fit into this whole thing. This
1: is perfect. We're setting the stage for, you know, getting some answers on this. Now <clears throat> it, it runs for only about a, a minute, 59 seconds or so, I think. Correct. Um, yep. 16 frames per second um but
3: there are and there is a rumor that yeah you've talked about this on the show footage there's some extra feet of film um Mm -hmm. that has never been released and might one of our guests at this upcoming event know where that is possibly possibly i can't make any promises i'm very excited about this um so yeah if you have a chance just google it google the footage watch for
1: yourself I mean you you can decide for yourself if you just if you just look at it it's it's certainly at the very least it's a large hairy bipedal ape-like figure um and it, it everything that we know about bigfoot and say about bigfoot since um this thing fits it again from the cone head to the huge long arms to yeah. the
3: ape-like walk and and even bob gimlin himself has said that even if, you know, he goes, watch this for yourself and tell me this thing isn't real. But he said, even if you thought this was fake, that doesn't, you know, shut down or ignore all the other sightings and all the other experiences that people have had in this particular area all this time. They're <clears> in a, <throat> definitely in a hot spot that we've known. This is where Bigfoot roams and just in this place. But it's really all over the freaking country, all over the world, really. And that, Ronnie, is the key. That You, yeah. you, you stumble upon the key point.
1: Is that if we were in a court right now and you and I were lawyers trying to convince the audience that Bigfoot exists, let's say, or there's something to Bigfoot, um, this would be just simply exhibit Z. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So there'd be a bunch of eyewitness testimony, tons of it. There'd be a bunch of circumstantial evidence, footprints. Hair. Hair, things like that. And then this would just be one piece of a huge body of evidence. And I think that's what makes it very compelling too. If this was just in a vacuum, you could say, okay, they've captured something weird. Maybe an ape escaped from the zoo. I don't know. Or, Mm. you know, whatever. A guy was in a suit, whatever you could say. But when you take the totality of the evidence, all the eyewitness testimony, the footprint, the activity in the area, it becomes undeniably at least interesting.
3: Oh, yeah, you have to pay attention to this. You have to look into this. It just it's just
1: now, yeah, you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that we are probably hitting a time where there's going to be a lot more of these because everyone's got their phones. Yeah Our guest last week invented his own way of filming with the camera facing backwards. Where he can get stuff behind him, so he's probably going to come up with something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. More, and people, yeah, hours hours more footage. people are
3: doing these these things, and, and and here's what's amazing is the ones that find this stuff, just like the UFO crap, they are looking at footage that they didn't think something was there in the first place. They didn't see it with their naked eye, but then they review it after and they see, holy crap, there's an orb over here that flies in, or there's a UFO, oh, there's a Bigfoot peeking. So more and more people are doing this kind of stuff and then reviewing the footage that they've captured things, you know, picking up these invisible realms that are kind of intersected with ours mm-hmm. in the woods and, the in, you know, with the Navy and in the in the ocean and all this stuff, it's, we're heading towards, I think, uh, <clears throat> a, uh, a disclosure event within Bigfoot too. Within Bigfoot. You know, it's coming.
1: Well, so speaking of stunning new footage, why don't we start? Everyone's favorite segment, besides the Ronnie Rapport. <laughs> of course you know what I'm talking about.
2: Uh, actually, I don't know what you mean.
1: Come on. Are you... S- really?
2: Oh, you mean this one. Hey, monsters. You mad? <laughs> Where well, you are gonna be? Because it's time for another controversial Ronnie post.
1: Oh, you know what time it is. It's everyone's favorite time of the show where Ronnie posts absolutely insane things and everybody <laughs> loses their minds over it. Uh, but this first one, actually, Ronnie's very compelling, actually, <clears throat> all kidding
3: aside. Uh, this is a new piece of footage. Well, it's kind of or, old. It's old. Well, it's new to me, I should yes, say. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've, I've talked to you about this before, and this is the first time that you've actually I've seen never this. seen it. You've mentioned yeah. it
1: to me a bunch of times, and it's because the reason it's so interesting is where was it shot? Salt fork. Right where we are going, correct? Yeah, yes. So this video, we'll link to it, but it is stunning because it, a guy is taking it and you literally see something bipedal, literally shake a tree and snap it and break it. Now, Ronnie, you think you hear the creature itself. There's, you, a, there's a noise going on
3: underneath the guy who's taking yeah, the video. We'll have to listen to it a couple times because in the background, you hear some kind of like... Mm-hmm. Humming burr, like burr, yeah. Now there's recent study about gorillas that they noticed that they start humming songs to themselves as they're doing things. Holy shit. And if you listen Underneath the Guy Talking. Underneath the Guy Talking, who's with his son, amateur video. This was featured on Finding Bigfoot in 2014, I think it was. Okay. Um and you can hear like this mm-hmm. mm-hmm like and just and he's going, we gotta get it. I don't think anyone's talked about this before, but I think that it could be that. And I this
1: is right where we're going. So you see yeah. a tree line, he's shooting into the tree line, and then you see this creature literally shaking a
3: tree and until it snaps. This, and this is Salt Fork Lake, uh, Salt Fork Park State Park. Keep on screwing that up. Uh, and this thing is uh, so you know, bears have been known to scrape and rip apart trees sure. to look for ants and grubs and things like sure. that, protein. This is either pushing this tree in intimidation or it's doing something similar to it's trying to find food. It's shaking pretty violently. All right, let's, let's take a look. it moving! It's moving from right to the left. Now it's pushing. It. Listen. Oh. We had to get out of here.
1: We're too
3: close. We gotta get out of here. It sounds so human. It's, and this here, it's almost like echoing, like yeah, it uh, sounds so human, like oh, raw. Oh, and you see this singing. thing, like pulling a tree, like ripping a tree. It rips it. I don't I, you know in dave, my can opinion you play it one more time dave just so we can hear the In my uh, opinion it has to be a bear or a bigfoot because
1: no guy could have done that
3: Now, supposedly, this was near a gifting area where they're gifting the the Sasquatch. That noise is creepy. Isn't it weird? It almost sounds like a wall. I I, I get like a weird, like a a church kind (sighs) of like cathedral. I go, wow. I don't know. It's weird. It's
1: it's, uh, melodic
3: almost in
1: the most horrible way. It's weird. God, that is a a creepy video. So you can check that out. We will link to that. my favorite part about Ronnie's controversial posts are the, the uh, titles of the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, people's reactions to them. Oh they just boy. make my day. Um, so this first one, we'll just pick a couple here because you did again about five of them. Uh, this one's titled, <laughs> Cities on the Other Side of This Moon, Recorded on Mission, Sin 25, NASA's 25 Secret Assignment to the Moon, Cities on the Other Side of the Moon. Uh Ronnie what do we know about this there's a, there's this image supposedly um, of of these
3: literally cities you can see hidden basically on the other side right, of the moon. right because we never see the, the dark side of the moon right right and so apparently or supposedly this was filmed by astro- astronauts as they're flying by and notice these lighted you know cities that look like they're embedded in the moon right it is I, pretty cool I think it's kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> You do, uh,
1: and so do some of the people who think you posted.
2: This is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Why don't you two move there? <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Uh, is this what the um, REM song was about? Oh, I think they're referencing the. Uh, <laughs> oh. If there was a man, and we
3: shut up. Ah, oh, the worst. Um, and also, oh, this little beauty. This is a good gem. <laughs> I'm almost going to take a week off from social. Don't. <laughs> it's, oh, Don't. We won't have any content. This one is... V- <laughs> Scientist wins Nobel
1: Prize, then announces... <laughs> Scientist wins Nobel Prize, then announces aliens are real. He did. Astronomer Diedler Queloz... Is convinced aliens exist, and I'm not laughing because he thinks aliens exist. Yeah, obviously, I yeah, did.
3: sure. It's just your, sure.
1: <laughs> he did, and that we will find them before 2050. And you know, what I'm always saying, Ronnie, when I'm arguing with myself, mm. oh, these people are smarter than you, doubter. And then, well, here's a prime example. Right? I'm always looking for these brilliant type people. I can't believe we are the only living entity in the universe," said this uh, scientist on Tuesday. This was last Tuesday. The same day he was winning the Nobel Prize in physics. Quote, there are just too many planets, way too many stars, and the chemistry is universal. The chemistry that led to life to happen elsewhere. Interesting. you Uh, know what? He's not the only one. He also thinks it's realistic to believe humanity will develop a device capable of detecting
3: the biochemical signs of life on exoplanets within just 30 years. This is the drip drip. This Mm. is part of the... uh, you know, the scientific community and academia are coming out because there was a former NASA scientist, Gilbert Levin and quoted in this article as well, uh, that wrote an opinion piece for scientific American on Thursday in which he said he also believes alien life exists because he's convinced we've already detected it on Mars back in the 1970s. You blab Quaid, you blabbed about <laughs> Mars.
1: Uh, Romanian engineers, Article number three that Ronnie posted, Mm, without doing any sort of perfunctory research of any kind. (laughs) Romanian engineers have created a fully functional flying saucer. And then I saw one that they have stranded a guy in space, supposedly. Oh, the the Nigerian Nigerian astronaut. Yeah, he
3: needs three mil.
1: (laughs) 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 Romanian engineers have created a fully functioning flying saucer, according to this article. posted. posted, They they did? Posted irresponsibly by my partner. I did? (laughs) (laughs) Against a clear blue sky, a craft that looks strikingly similar to two pie plates stacked atop each other suddenly ascends into the air on this video. Uh, Let's check this out. Let's see. So this looks like some sort of... uh, Oh, yeah. No, this is for real. All directions flying object. A-D-F-O, they're calling it. And I'm watching a video of it now. It's basically a drone. It's basically a drone. That's exactly what this is. So they used, obviously... uh, the look of a ufo and have created some sort of flying apparatus but it's a cool it's a cool uh, image look at that you see that dave good for them good for the romanians see and now you wonder how many times over the past people have seen things like that that were advanced for the time no doubt sure but aren't yeah but alien you know yeah technology
3: but typically if you have something that highly innovative. You're not flying it over neighborhoods that someone's going to, you know, make reports unless you want them to. Right. You know, thank you
1: to Steve who sent us uh, this article in relation to Ronnie's post, Nigerian astronaut lost in space needs $3 million to get home.
0: Well, we, we spent less to, get, it, Matt, hey, to get Matt Damon home from Mars.
1: <laughs> That's true. Is this
3: one of those email things, yes. scams? It's, yeah. a, it's a play off
1: that. Uh, <laughs> I am Dr. Barak Tunde, cousin of Nigerian astronaut. <laughs> he was the first African in space, and he made a secret flight to Salyut Six space station in 1979. <laughs> he is now stranded, and he wants to come home. He needs an amount equaling $15 million in American dollars. <laughs> he has a trust in the Lagos National Savings and Trust Association, and uh, we hope you can fund. So we'll link to that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start our GoFundMe account? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's cleanse our palates of those crazy stories and hear from our fans, you monsters.
2: Now it's time for Monster Mail.
1: Actually, that is not a crazy story because that is a... Is a is
3: which a, Which one, the Nigerian? No. <laughs> A guy winning the Nobel Prize for oh, physics yeah, and then dude. saying, hey, yo. And Using by the way, that platform to, to, to do it, that that tells you something. Wake up, Neil
1: deGrasse Tyson. Wake up, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? Well, he's still saying, oh, I'll believe when i do he, this. He's going
3: to jump right on this he better. thing. As soon as they, it's like, you know, official, official. He'll be right all over, all over doing a tour. Oh. He'll be all over.
1: And before I start reading these mails and, and, and we head off on our trip, uh, I had a little controversial post. You Kind of. You did? Well, kind of. Uh, was this like a drunken post? The, the, no, the aforementioned Tom DeLong posted out a picture of the alleged oh, yes. material, the alleged yes. material that comes from an extraterrestrial origin. He wrote TTSA to the Stars Academy has acquired exotic material, UAP with hallmarks of advanced material engineering, 80 exact layers of three alternating elements. It's part of an engineered system. It may hold the keys to an entirely new propulsion breakthrough to the starsacademy.com. He included a picture of the material. What you are looking at right there, quite possibly is alien technology that you could literally hold in your hands. And I retweeted that and wrote wakey, wakey people. It's, in other words, wake up. We are very familiar
3: with this. It's called 3D printing. Wake up, white people. What <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like so this is just this is manufactured, <laughs> this is using these elements in a certain way, and it's yes structured. So that's very interesting, man. That's an old Howard
1: Stern drop. Wake up, white people.
3: Uh, Neil Kay says, Oh my god. <laughs> N
1: E Redneck says, uh, the things we learned from storming Area fifty one on mushrooms and mountain dew. How dare you? Jeez. Jez says, I'm going to assume this came from the money pit and Marty and Rick loaned it to you, (laughs) to the Stars Academy. So I thought that was a little controversial because some people see that and they just don't want to know the truth. Even though now there's material. Well, show me the proof. There you go, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Suck it.
3: Well, apparently they've had this too for. Save that drop. (laughs) Five years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He's so, alluded to this been, before. It's been tested, and I think they're doing some other additional testing on this stuff. But can
1: you imagine? Even in the time we've st- <clears> been doing this podcast, Ronnie.
3: Yeah, this stuff if was- If on
1: day one I said to you there's going to be a Twitter photo of this stuff, mm. like released by To The Stars Academy.
3: Right, by a dude that used to sing in a punk rock band. We would have
1: high-fived and danced out the studio, which we're going to do in a few minutes anyway. Yeah. Uh, also, <clears throat> um, okay, so let's move on to Monster Mail. So, Steve uh, sent us a a really touching photo collage. And it it says, People always ask, Where's Nessie? And then Mm. it's got a photo of a sad Nessie. It says, But no one ever asks, How's Nessie? (laughs) (laughs) That was very touching. Um, We have a follow up to our EVP of last week. Do you guys remember in our super secret, scary, well, it wasn't secret, it was our super scary EVP episode? We played an EVP of the Houghton mansion or Houghton mansion. And uh, we tried to right. guess what was being said in that final. <laughs> ev-
3: We're still trying to figure out what the hell he was trying to say. <laughs> but I, have, I think it has something to do with oxygen and air something.
1: Let me, let me, let me <laughs> see. Let me hear it one more time. <laughs> uh, I got it. Since I crazy. never should have started smoking.
2: Uh, another f- and pick up goddamn oh shit we're recording want to go deeper into the mystery get the book Monsterland: encounters with ufos bigfoot and orange orbs by ronnie leblanc available now on amazon barnes and noble and everywhere fine books are sold
1: so ronnie we got some follow-up in an email from dave wheatley mm. do you remember our super scary evp episode of last week how could i forget we listened to an evp that came from a haunted mansion
3: Right, it was Western Mass, right? Yes, Okay. and
1: yep. Mary Houghton, uh, whose bedroom that the ghost hunters, Dave and the ghost hunters were sitting in, uh, captured an EVP. So let's mm-hmm. play this, and then I'll tell you what he had to say about it. Again, we asked you listeners, you monsters, what do you think this person is saying, this EVP voice is saying? Nobody was really close that we got, um, and I'll tell you after we play this what they think it was, but I'm going to tell you this. He said, the music you hear is because Mary Houghton, whose bedroom we were sitting in, had studied overseas in France, I believe. So we thought playing music of that time and of that place might trigger a response. Oh. Isn't that brilliant? That's great. And as you can see,
3: it worked.
1: Hmm. Give it to you one more time. Female voice. Right oh, what they believe was being said it was some form of nice music.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I hear music. music and I just great hear, hear the first part, but I heard music.
1: Com- 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 to- Comfortable music? Com- 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 <laughs> conference music? <laughs> Com Calm music? But it's de- I definitely hear music.
3: Yeah, something love this music or something. So, like oh, that. that could be it! Isn't that amazing?
1: Love, love this music. So, thank you for that follow up. I was wondering about the music. He had told me that, and I forgot the context of the music playing. But what a brilliant idea! And for those of you who are trying to get EVPs, um, things like that are not a bad idea. You don't want to antagonize, but in a in a nice way like that, I think that's interesting to try to evoke a memory. For example, yeah, I think
3: the- there's something also have to something has to do with the the sound waves if, like, if you're playing something. You know how they have the different ghost machines, spirit machines, that it's kind of speaking through the signal that it's generating? So yes. it's almost like if you played music, maybe that's an easier way for them to communicate back through yes. the sound way, You know what I
1: mean? Uh, Rick says, it's 3 a.m., guys. I just woke up to use the bathroom, and I hear my son in his room having a full-blown conversation in his sleep. Man, I hope he's just dreaming. <laughs> now, that's another thing we're going to have to look into later, the uh, children-spirit connection, how children are unique seem to be uniquely and, and animals oftentimes too. Yeah, uniquely open to this type of thing
3: because they haven't been taught not to. You're right, though. We have all these,
1: you know, filters in place, yeah. societal filters. Kids are just, oh, I was talking to the nice man over there. What man? Right. And then two days later, you show him a picture of your deceased grandfather. That the man I was talking to, Daddy. No,
3: or, get or, out. Or the little kid. That's lost in North Carolina that was taken care of by a bear for three days. <gasps>
1: Boom. A quote unquote bear. Know. And this one comes from Lauren. She's talking about last week's podcast, but she must have just listened to it. Hey guys, just listening to you talking about you talking to Bob Gimlin. So we must have been teasing. Um, please, in big capitals, ask him about his gun. He always says that he pulled his gun, quote, if I had to take a shot. What would have prompted him to shoot and how scared was he? Did he feel like he was in danger?
3: Well, that's that's a great question.
1: And we want to put it to you monsters. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, Send us your questions for Bob Gimlin, because we are going to have uh, unprecedented access to him, a rare opportunity to sit with him, with him and Russ and spend some time with him. So we can ask him whatever we could think of things post, that we post on Facebook,
3: of. Twitter, Instagram, ask some questions that you want us to bring to his attention. And that'd be fantastic, please. And we'll yeah. actually create a, uh,
1: we'll create a poll with a, with a third option where you can write yeah. in your question, something like that. We'll create an uh, where you can just put in your question I love it. Um, on social media, but you can also email us here, of course. All right. Well, we got to hit the road. This Let's is do it. it. Now we're going to get all these get answers. The, the, the questions that came up tonight with this Patterson-Gimlin film, the question that I have remaining, uh, we're going to find out the answers to them. We're going to get to the bottom of all this stuff. So we're going to talk to the source itself. I'm very excited, Ronnie.
3: It's going to be incredible, man.
1: All right, for myself, Matty Blake, for Ronnie Blanc, for the fantastic producer Dave Monsters, we will see you in Ohio. <laughs> yee We're going to go grouse the creek, grouse the bridge over the creek.
2: <laughs> On the road again.
3: What's the... Uh, Ohio Ohio law on open containers. (laughs) I'm not quite sure. Asking for a friend. I think you can brown bag it. Asking for a
1: friend.
3: friend. What's the one thing
1: you don't want to hear when getting oral sex from Willie Nelson? Uh, Oh, I'm not Willie Nelson.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at MonsterlandPod. Until we meet again in Monsterland.